Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. On the which side today have Michelle and Daniel, Michelle Garrison and Daniel Moss. They're the co-founders of We and Goliath. They're based out of Asheville in the US. And um, could you please introduce yourselves, starting Michelle? Yeah, so thanks for having us on. Um, my name is Michelle Garrison, and I have been in the digital marketing and entrepreneur online entrepreneurial space for about 20 years now. Uh, started out in community development, which is part of why we got into virtual events to begin with. And I'll let Daniel go next. Yeah. Hey, my name is Daniel. I'm really, you could say like a marketing and online generalist. Started with web design in high school, uh, became a marketing director for a nonprofit. And then Michelle and I merged agencies to create We and Goliath. And we're kind of thinking of ourselves as the as the secret weapon for agencies who don't have all the technical skills to pull together powerful virtual events and, and the promotion that goes around them. So not everybody can be David on their own. That's really our, our approach. Cool. cool, cool. So glad to have you. Um, after we, we had a little well, a chat before the uh, before the podcast in which we discussed uh, the, the um, two years of COVID that we've had. And uh, I think a lot of listeners are there with us as well. And, and, uh, well, we've had two years of COVID. We've had it with COVID. Um, all the events had to go virtual. Um, and um, as a matter of, or as a result of that, you might also think that virtual events are something that, that we can stop with. Um, and I personally don't think that's the case. Um, and that's why we're going to talk about the future of virtual events in a post-COVID world today with you guys, because you're the specialist here. Because I do think there is a, a lot of compelling reasons to keep doing these events, um, but probably there needs to be a little, let's say, change of thinking, change of behavior to, to have these events as, enga as engaging as in-person events, right? Exactly. You know, and we're happy to be here because we, we are both marketers at heart, right? And we bring that thinking to the event space. So mm -hmm. with an eye on that, we think that the future of virtual events or, or the, the way to make virtual events really effective and fun starting now is uh, one is, is really based around maximizing their benefits, right? Which is they can be national and global very easily. They can mm -hmm. be low cost. So you can do more of them, right? Stay in touch with people more often. They can be very personalized in the sense of, you know, personalized marketing is very important. You can segment your audience to different breakout rooms within a single Zoom or to multiple events within a conference. You can get better data from them. So we need to use all these features and possibilities in a strategic way to, to, like I said, be more personalized, be more interactive, be more engaging. So Michelle, do you want to pick it from there? Yeah. And really leaning into the, the fact that we can collect so much more data in virtual events. And that's a huge benefit to marketers because we're able to then follow up easier with people after the event 
and know what they're really interested in and what they're not interested in so that we can design events that cater to the audience. So it becomes a lot easier to to sort of start thinking about the virtual event as being a part of the marketing campaign throughout the year and not only as that big event, big conference that happens once a year, but instead more of a life cycle of smaller events leading up to the main event. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm fully with you there because what I what I feel is all these benefits are often over, overlooked and um, it's, it seems almost like the sentiment is is taken over with a lot of marketers and they they feel, it's, the way I usually as, uh, describe it is that if marketers come to me and they say, yeah, I don't, I can't get people engaged on my event or I can't get them to subscribe or I can't get them to, to stay logged in during an event or, uh, or, or, or you know, that that's, it mm-hmm. seems very weird to me because people that can't can't be engaged for half an hour or an hour or two hours on an event. Why why is it that they spend hours and hours on Netflix now? Yeah. And I mean it's pretty much the same problem as why aren't people reading your website? Right? Absolutely. So websites have a very high, some websites have a very high bounce rate. Some ad campaigns totally fail, right? So applying this marketing philosophy to events. You need to make sure that your copy uh, and your content overall is really matching your user interest. So in in copywriting, one way that we do that is by surveying our audience, understanding their pain points, their goals. And we need to do the same thing with events. Make sure that people we're we're marketing to people in ways that uh, they understand the benefit of this event. Is it for them? Is it going to help them with their personal, professional goals, right? And then that the content is really engaging, especially the beginning, right? Like your headline needs to make somebody read the next sentence. The beginning of your event needs to get people excited to stick around for the middle. The middle needs to drive them to the next part. So what what do you think about this, Dan? Because um, what I see happen a lot with these events is... Um, they are marketed as live events. But when I l- tune into them or log into mm-hmm. them, there's actually no reason for it to be live. Mm-hmm. could just as well have streamed it next week or the week after. Mm-hmm. How, what yeah, do you think and- about that? that, that that's like, is, is there a way to really make this live event worthwhile to listeners? Certainly. And and we do a lot of that, that pre-recorded, polished presentation style events However, one of the main mistakes that we see a lot of people doing is not integrating enough creativity and interactivity into that event. So they they think that they can present it similar to a presentation on on a stage Mm -hmm. and they're speaking at the audience. But these these events really need to incorporate a larger ratio of engagement and activity so that people that are online have an opportunity to participate. So we we like to really talk about that ratio and and look at the audience itself and identify how much participation they're comfortable with and may want to take take part in during that event. Um, And and we can bring them in with so many different ways besides just chat. Um, we can have games that are interactive and and different like chat roulette type experiences where people are actually connecting with each other. 
around your brand? Let me take it from there if you don't mind. Like, so chat, let's not, um, I want to drill into chat a little bit and then also into the different types of breakouts that you may want to consider. Mm -hmm. So with chat, a lot of people think chat is just for the attendees, but it's very important if you want to increase your interactivity that you as a speaker uh, take a lesson from Twitch. Okay. Mm -hmm. So on, on Twitch, people are engaging with their chat. Like it's their best friend. Okay. They're constantly watching their chat, reading out messages and responding to them and in other places as well. Right. But like any live video, the chat is your lifeline. So you need to learn as a presenter online to, to ask people in the audience to chat to you throughout your event with like micro polls, micro questions. Give me a plus one if you agree with that. Tell me what is your biggest challenge with this issue? Has anybody had a, a suggestion, you know, something worked really well for you in this challenge? Please put that into the chat right now. Let's see. I know we have a lot of experts on the line. Tell me X, Y, or Z. Yeah. So this type of thing pulls them in and they get to hear their own messages put back to you. So they know they're contributing. Um, they get to see all these suggestions from other people that can totally transform an event just through chat, but Absolutely. then to the next level, right? Breakouts. So in you can do multiple breakout sessions that are shorter in an event that are very strategically put together. So they have an objective, they have a set number of people, a set timeline, and you really enroll people into why they should come off camera, be vulnerable, be contributing. For example, we're going to come back together after just five minutes and hear your best ideas uh, all in the big group. So they know they better pay attention. That that's some great advice, Daniel. That's that's really the um, I think the the advice that people are looking for and the audience is looking looking for and. It's actually, um, especially that whole chat and basically Twitch-like behavior as a as a presenter, that I've not seen a lot at at events yet. Mm -hmm. um, and and it's 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 really a great tip. I think everyone should start doing that because it's 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 the reason to to be live at the webinar or or the, at the uh, event because um, I, I already fell in the pitfall myself here with uh, calling it a webinar. Um, people, people are too often, as I call it, on the second tap. It's like they 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 are uh, logged into the event, but in the meanwhile, they're doing something else. Um, and if you're doing yeah. things like this in breakouts, in chats, actively engaging with your with your audience, that's really helping. Yeah. Imagine if you're in a, a workshop in person and you didn't let the audience speak once right? You wouldn't really feel comfortable with that as a workshop facilitator. So think of it in the same way. How engaging can you be? How not just being dynamic, which is also great, but talk to them. They're real people pull on their knowledge. We like to think of it as crowdsourcing innovation um, in terms of the breakouts, right? Like really tell them, let's, let's create value together in a short mm -hmm. period of time, share mm -hmm. your best tips or in throughout the event, getting a pulse from them, getting their contributions. It's a lot more fun as a presenter as well. And um, we've, we've done that in some conferences and people told us this is the most fun we've ever had on a con on a virtual event. Cool. Cool. So um, some listeners of the show uh, already uh, might know this, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm quite a big fan of the uh, digital summit uh, series in the U S I visit them like, like on a yearly basis, I fly over to the U S to, to visit one of the digital summits. Um, 
the reason for me, like the main reason to go there, however, is to network with people, to get to know new people, to talk to speakers, etc. How do you facilitate that networking piece in your virtual events? I personally think networking can be even more powerful online. And the reason for that is that because of the data that we have on other people, we can actually recommend connections based on topics of interest. So we'll we'll plug in, for example, if we're doing a, a conference and we have multiple sessions in that conference platform, we can introduce other people that may need to communicate with each other based on the projects or interests that they have. And, and that really cuts to the chase because if you're walking into a, a conference room full of people, there's a lot, there's some guesswork going on. Unless somebody introduces you directly to the person that you need to meet, it takes a little bit of time to get that same level of, of information. And sometimes you might leave without actually meeting the person that you were, you know, that, that could have really helped further your project. So we get a, um, a lot of data and and, and that information can also cross over into hybrid. So we can have the same apps in the in-person group of people as the online group of people so that we not only are introducing people online only, we're introducing them in both circumstances. Mm -hmm. And they'll know who's online, who's in person, so they can connect uh, as they like. And then stay in touch afterwards. So if you agree to make a connection, you exchange contact information automatically. You can set up appointments with people individually or in booths. Um, and then there's also more free kind of open networking that can happen virtually where you don't have to be shy to leave a conversation or leave a group. You bounce around very quickly, meet a lot of people in a short period of time. There's also the chat roulette style where you move randomly mm -hmm. to, to one person very quickly for like two minutes each. Yep. So various tools for different types of networking events. But Love on it. top of that, even using the virtual event as a pre-event to an in-person event can really accentuate networking as well, because you're, you have an ability to deepen the conversation that happens in person by introducing people ahead of time and getting them talking. Absolutely. And I think a great example is of this um, is um, actually being shown on the SIL Success Summit. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but um, he's a, uh, a fellow podcast host, uh, Scott Ingram. He's, I think he's based out of Austin and he well, yearly has, has a yearly event, mm -hmm. the SIL Success Summit in, in Austin. Um, and as a, a matter of fact, as an event organizer, he's facilitating that online networking himself. So he basically sends all attendees uh, on uh, Friday nights or Friday, uh, probably Friday mornings for you guys, because they're for me in, in the European times and they're on a Friday night. But um, on Fridays, he sends like a networking uh, invite to all the people and you can get like an, an informal way to get to know each other or and after the event to follow up with each other. So I think you're absolutely right. As an event organizer, you can absolutely use this this networking in a stronger way even stronger way than you would do in an in-person event love it Cer certainly and it, it's actually a part of the reason why we really started leaning into virtual way before the pandemic was because 
I was feeling like when we were at the conference, we might meet people, we might kind of get excited about what we're learning there or discovering. And then afterwards, there's kind of a tapering off period where that excitement sort of wanes. It becomes harder to stay in touch with the people that we've met. And so virtual can really pick up as well after the conference to keep the conversations going and keep people easily interacting with each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love it. Um, because of time, I think we, we have to wrap up a little, but I do have one pressing question left. Um, all B2B marketers that organize events will have uh, seen this or will have experienced this, is that um, you get like like uh, 500 people registering for the event and uh, on the event, only 100 people show up. It, do you mm-hmm. have some kind of advice for marketers to help them to get more people to actually show up for the event? Yeah, here's a few tips. One would be coming back to the point of focusing on value, right? A lot of people sign up online for things that they don't actually they're not that committed for, right? Like they get, they download your ebook and they don't forget to read it because you haven't communicated enough unique value in that ebook. So same for your event. And a great way to do that is in your email reminder series. So rather than just saying, don't forget such and such event is happening at this time, keep communicating about the transformative power of your content, the unique value in your content, possibly the urgency factors like, you know, live only, or some, um, get your questions answered live. And then don't forget, the second tip would be don't forget to do multi-channel reminders if possible. So SMS or Facebook Messenger in primar- uh, primarily would have the highest response rate, about four times the engagement rate of email on average, I believe. So if you're capturing people's phone numbers <clears throat> or you can get them through like a, Facebook chat, then don't send a few reminders in that way. And people won't forget to, to open your emails, right. When they're busy on the day of, or an hour before, or right as you're starting. Also part of it is just creating a magnetism toward the event. And you can do that by selecting certain people that are already in your community that are sort of power users to jump into pre-events and and social media and start creating that buzz ahead of time so that it really feels like this is an exciting, adventurous thing that they're going to be a part of and not just another um, talking head. Hmm. Awesome. Last tip could be go live in advance of your event, right? Um, On Facebook Live, that's how you're going to get the best organic reach. So if you have a big audience on social, a short live, maybe the day of the day before or a few, maybe even a week, every day for a week before your event, different ways to build excitement and get in front of more people to highlight your value. And to that point, you can multi-stream out like one of your main plenaries, for example, or if you have a a speaker that's going to draw, you can multi-stream that out to encourage people that have registered to attend and then people that haven't registered to go ahead and sign up. Michelle and Daniel, it was a pleasure having you on the Marketing Technology Podcast. Thank you for uh, for your time, and uh, I hope to have you back in the near future. Our pleasure. We hope your audience and everybody listening got some exciting tips there. <laughs> Reach out to us at WilliamGoliath.com if you have any questions, you want some support. We will share that in the show notes, of course. Thanks, everybody. Take care.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.